Hey, and man. You ever wonder what it all means? Sometimes I ponder. Hey, guys. It's the pals. I don't know where I went with that one, but uh, welcome back to the show. Uh, my name is George Boutsalis. And I'm Ricky Liorti. And this episode, we had a good friend of ours, Neil Wong, on the podcast. Uh, he's the man behind some of the big venues in the city. He's also the man that created Thank You Toronto, which was a big brand. Uh, we talked a lot about online marketing, building uh, brands, and what he's working on now. Building narrative storylines, uh, leaning into it, following your passion, and uh, yeah, all that good stuff. He started a new a new brand, new company, Neil Wong Creative, uh, and he took us took us through that journey and what it's like and what he's working on now and what the future kind of holds for that. Uh, fantastic discussion as always. Thank you for coming on, Neil. Uh, my pal, LFG. Let's go. Okay, and we're live on the air, the Pals Podcast, <laughs> Drive It 5 Street Mix. It's actually not five, but all right. <laughs> this week, we've got Neil Wong in the studio. Welcome, Neil. Thanks for having me. Buddy, pleasure to have you. Pleasure to have you. I've been meaning to do this for a while. I know. Well, honestly, it's long overdue. Since, yeah. Episode two or three, I think. Yeah, we've we been talking about it for a while, and then like again, COVID hits and... Everything, all Throws plans get thrown out of the window, right? And you so, guys got big and took yeah, it off. We didn't have time for you anymore. We're <laughs> like, ah, we'll just push. No, honestly, just like it was, uh, it was crazy. I know we've talked about it before on this, but like to Rick's point, like when COVID happened, we had like good momentum going. And again, like you would know the stuff you you know you know the marketing uh, type space, but like we had good momentum and like the brand was growing. And then we like we couldn't decide do we do we let our quality go down and record over Skype and all that. So we tried that and it. Didn't take as uh, didn't take as well, so then we were like, "Okay, do we keep going away till COVID?" And then we just kept recording, kept going, building momentum again. So now we're you know built back up, which mm-hmm. took some time, but uh, we're fine. I think we found our groove again, and we've got guests coming on. And, and you probably had time to like really put some like. Well, the the thing was yeah. is if we didn't start doing a lot of those kind of Skype ones and those over the phone ones, we would have been trying to gain momentum now. Instead, at least we got the momentum. We got back to where we needed to be. So that once we were back in the studio, we could start increasing again. So it was good. But yeah. And over that time too, like you couldn't have any in person. So when we could kind of start getting in person again, a lot of them were like, we bring maybe a friend on or a family member, like but our moms, because like you didn't want to invite a lot of people to the studio because you don't know how it's going to, the perception is going to be or how people are going to say, you know, I don't yeah, know if I want to hang out. Critiqued. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So then now that we're kind of back in the swing of things, we want to get, you know, people doing exciting stuff and obviously, which we'll get into doing some, some cool, exciting sure. things, but yeah. Uh, yeah, and long you know overdue, what? I love when overdue. people come in with notes. I'm just like fired up. They're prepared. Yeah. Like, one I of our like, boys, DB, like comes in like hungover, and we're like, <laughs> oh shucks. Neil's like ready to rock and roll. No, yeah. I'll pull over on like the side of the road if I and just like type in my phone and notes, yeah, notes, yeah. notes. And like sometimes I'll just put it into a calendar. Yeah. So like I cannot forget. So, like you could write so much stuff in your notes, and then like it never do, you never do anything. With yeah, it. yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm this. I'm much the same. Like for me, it's. I could be on a run um, when it comes to like the podcast, some other project we're working on, work, whatever it is. If I'm on like a run, a walk, if I'm doing anything, I will stop, pull my phone out, like write my note, and then like keep going. If something's in my head, people say like if something's in your head and it's a really good idea, typically like it'll stay or it'll come back. But for me, it's like no, I, I, when I you're forget getting, too much. Like, do you find that when you're getting older now, it's like it's weird that like I could I can't remember something from like oh, yeah. two days ago. Yeah. yeah. 
I it'll, text it'll myself. come back to me later, but like not like it used to be when I was yeah. in. Yeah. Like I, I put myself in my own phone just so I could just so I could text myself. <laughs> and like it's it's insane that like I'm going to bed. I'm like, oh, I gotta remember this morning. Okay, I'll literally Richard Liorti. I'll text to myself, and then when I wake up, I'm like, that's what I was thinking about. Boom, good. Because again, it's like for one of the first things I do when I wake up, like after I brush my teeth, is basically I'll check my text and my emails and like see what's up. For how long though? No, usually I'm good. I'm like up and ready to go. I can't because once I stay in bed, like I'll just stay there. And yeah, it's impossible. Yeah. So once you get up, that's why I think it's important to brush your teeth, wash your face. And then check your your phone because then it's like that's a good. You're not yeah. sitting in bed. I never just thought like about that way. See, dying. I don't do that. I get up. before you check, get up, wash your face, brush your teeth, then come. Like if you, you have to go back to your room, like get changed or whatever, yeah, and then yeah. check your text, emails, and like if you want to do a little catching up on like Instagram or whatever, then yeah, yeah. But I don't know. I'm the opposite. Like especially now with like maybe pre-COVID, but like now because my, my day maybe starts slightly later, like usually I would be up at like six o'clock when I had to go to the office. Now I'm still going to the office, but now it's more like I ch- kind of go in as I need. But I would get up, I'd go down, make coffee right away, start checking my phone or my emails and like do some stretching or something, maybe go for a run or a walk and then I would come back and do all my getting ready. But I kind of see what you mean. Like you're, I feel like that way makes more sense because if I'm not getting up and getting ready, I'll, like, I'll sit on the couch then I'll maybe fall asleep again. Yeah. yeah. I did that chill. for like the first month of COVID because my like, lifestyle was obviously took a huge turn yeah and uh, i was waking up at like 1 p.m 11 a.m and yeah. like now i'm back up at like 8 9 a.m which is pretty good for a guy that works at home now yeah but uh yeah i think once i, I cut alcohol out you guys yeah yeah, yeah but uh i think i'm at 105 days now which is crazy, crazy. which is impressive for it's anybody never a- mind somebody in like the nightlife space, right? Yeah. So I guess even rewind a bit. Tell us what you've been up to. Or I actually want to ask one thing before that, before we jump that. So you've been getting up now earlier. Do you, like you've not been in this industry for a long time. Do you enjoy, are you, are you a morning person naturally? Or do you like when you're in nightlife? Like, do you like waking up in the afternoon, sleeping in? Or do you prefer the way it is now being up early? Even in nightlife, I never wanted to waste my day. So like, yeah. I, even if I got home at like five or 6 a.m., like I'd still make sure I'm, I'm up still by whatever a.m. time it would be. Yeah, even yeah. if it was 11 a.m. or like 10 a.m. or even 11.59. Yeah. Like I never wanted to waste a day. Yeah. Because you, you still take a couple hours to like adjust. Yeah, yeah. And even then if it, you get up at two, too, three. You probably kind of feel like, I don't know, for me personally, again, like if I, some days like, you know, after you have a night out, whatever, you'll sleep in. So like, even if you get up early and you kind of doze and hang out, like to your point, lounge around. If you wake up at like one, two, three o'clock, it's just that, that perception like, shit, I just wasted my whole morning. And it kind of like, it doesn't always throw you off. You have nothing to do, but just even that thought of like sleeping in past the morning, it kind of throws you off a little bit. And yeah. You like waste your day. day. Yeah. And like people don't realize that like nightlife, as much as you're only operating for like three hours, there's so much work to do before like yeah, the well, and open. even after too right yeah. yeah people think it's like oh 3 a.m everyone just goes home it's yeah like, or yeah. like oh you open at 11 or 10 30 and like that's when you people don't realize i get to work at like 8 30 p.m yeah and that's still like like a little late <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mo- and most people when they're showing up to like a club like if they you know if they have a table or they know somebody they're really showing up at like midnight staying till like two so they're there for two hours you don't i guess see the like the before or the daytime like all the marketing the promotions all that the coordinating the planning ordering everything. yeah i mean you would <laughs> like, go into this more than i can but like yeah there's got to be so much more that goes on off days the, the post event cleanup all of that stuff right and like marketing is different now like you have to adapt like 10 years ago i think when you guys started like we were still handing out flyers, flyers yeah yeah like you don't see one flyer anymore yeah, yeah, yeah. posters up on the streets like any Nothing. new construction site there's just like posters like time sundays let's go and it's like now it's like there's no such thing as that yeah anymore, right like when did that do? When do, when do you think that stopped? Like when was that a, a shift? Was it just gradually faded, or did it 
was there a time where like you know what people are like like instagram's taking over like that's kind funny of you say that because okay so the last poster campaign i ever did was aria do you remember aria of course what bar that, that four floor yeah so yeah. like that was the last poster campaign i did and then uh we opened lost and found yeah and uh we didn't do any flyers and uh, nobody For was none. doing flyers then yeah and yeah instagram was real trendy then. And, that, and that's also when like like the nightlife district started to kind of shift shift right like if you think like peter richmond 10 years ago yeah, was the spot right you had uh, more than it? 10 years ago probably right like even yeah more you had 15, like embassy was there yeah circa was around the corner like i, was, wet I started bar. just after that i started at wet bar i actually applied on kijiji that's uh, <laughs> as a bus boy. i finished college or i was in college i was trying to figure out how to pay bills and uh i applied on kijiji and i got it and uh who posted who can you say who posted the ad like who was it like was it was it? a manager named rich and i just went and uh i didn't realize there's four floors and i'm working on the patio and yeah lugging crap up <laughs> you can say <laughs> shit on this podcast oh, yeah. it's it's two fours yeah. sandbags because it was a tropical theme yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Trees at, like lifting 100 pound sandbags four floors up and so you like, were bringing everything from the downstairs all the way up elevator didn't work yeah. come on <laughs> I, I can picture an elevator not working and it's either. like it's not residential floors it's commercial floors so it's like what 20 feet or yeah, 18 feet or before yeah. you actually like there's a landing between each floor and you're just like oh my god how and how you long did you got jacked this? legs yeah it was I was actually in good shape then because I was actually... You're not in bad shape now. Like. No, but I know what I used to be, which was in my prime, which was when I was wrestling because I started wrestling grade seven. Oh, shit. Yeah. And I, I had temper actually. problems. Like I was punching <laughs> lockers. I like. actually remember when I wrestle, found this out. Did yeah. you wrestle through high school? I wrestled from grade seven, eight, yeah, all the way to high school until my last first year of college. And then like... So you... Like, and you went to poor credit. Yeah. yeah? See, we never... Wait, what year are you? Bro, you guys are way different. No, no, you guys are way different weight classes. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I would have been like heavy, super heavyweight. No, because I know we, we like I didn't grow up in the in poor credit. Like I went from the same area now, but we competed against like schools. I remember I, I was on the soccer team, so I probably would have crossed past Loyola in okay. Saga. Um, yeah, I was supposed to go to Clarkson, so I went to Hillside for middle school. I was supposed to go to Clarkson, and then. I think Loyola was closer, so I ended up going switching to Catholic school. But yeah, we used to play poor credit in sports. I think. Uh, oh, funny story actually. My first ever when I played, uh, I played football in grade ten. I thought I was like the next like Peyton Manning. I was so bad. Picture like a five year regional football. Bro, fat, <laughs> fat, fat hold on. I was like actually. I never forget this. I'll never forget this. This. <laughs> My, my moment, there wasn't even a moment. It's what I realized, like the biggest piece of humble pie I ever got in my life. Uh, it was the second game of the season, and we were third game of the season. We were playing at poor credit, and I think it, we were winning. We were blowing the team out. But I was on the bet. I was not good. Our quarterback was like a blonde-haired, blue-eyed guy, six foot five. Like, it was Sunshine. Poor credit? Uh, no, at Loyola. Oh, okay. We're playing poor credit. And it's like fourth quarter, like five minutes left. Coach like, George, you're in. I was like, I'm like so pumped. I get fired up. I get in. And like, I'm pretty small in grade 10. Thick, but small. <laughs> and I go in for the first snap. And I'm on, you know, like the poor credit soccer field. I'm on the far end from the school. And I take the snap. I drop back. And I see 10 guys blitz me. <laughs> I just heave it. Pick six. Only throw I've ever had in, in high school. I quit the football team the next day. I was so embarrassed. Oh my Literally God. threw a pick six. Sorry. That was a deviation, but I thought I would share I that embarrassing baseball moment. I'm going to tell you later. My, my I, uh, pitching. So that's my first time ever playing a sport. I, I poured credit against your school, and it was the end of that sport immediately. Football only started in my high school. Like, not Football wasn't around when I, when I first went to high school. Like Wrestling was like the big, yeah. big sport there. Uh, and women's rugby. No guys rugby team. Really? All the guy 
if you're an avid guy rugby player, you went to mentor. Like, yeah, mentors actually, close by. Even yeah, St. Yeah. Mike's, my high school, they implemented the rugby program in my grade 11 year. And it's like, we were like basically a sports high school and we never had it, which is yeah. crazy to think. Yeah. It was big. My cousin played uh, in, in Richmond Hill. Was big that sport. guy's a unit. Uh, so you... You wrestled all through high school. I think they were like, what, where would you consider yourself in terms of like, were you like really good? Did you have a okay, chance? So or you I just started, you started I, working I started at the bars. You said, seven. you know what, I'm done. I went to like three tournaments yeah. and I lost every single match. Like, okay. I didn't know what the <laughs> hell I was doing. Uh, but you just kind of like stick with it. And yeah. like, I think that's a difference in generation. Like you just kind of like, if it doesn't work, you just keep trying. And yeah. Like, that's the way we brought up. And, yeah, if, uh, if it was broken, you fixed it. Yeah, you just get I lost a new every one. single match. But like, I never wanted to quit because like, there's something about doing a sport where like, you kind of like escape from whatever's yeah. going on. Maybe your parents are fighting. Like, you don't think about that during sports. You get bad grades or something. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I just continued grade eight. Uh, I started training with the high school. I just, in grade eight, I started training at Port Credit. Like no in the nights, they had like a little club called Lakeshore Amateur Wrestling. Okay. Had a had a good slogan on the shirt. Don't wish for it, work for it. And I see it at a bunch of gyms now. That's actually that's a good one. I like but that. Uh, it like changed my life. I'm gonna use like, that quote next week's episode. <laughs> don't wish for that one up. You gotta remind yourself, like you yeah, remind no, yourself amazing. that every single day, like like trust the process. Like nothing yeah. ever comes. And so like I continued wrestling, and then like grade nine came around. I'm like now going to school with the kids that used to help me, like like train, learn, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, initiation when people still did that. I got initiated too in grade. Oh, I got a fish yeah. slapped in the face, wedgie, <laughs> Come on. off school property. Yeah. But like, I believe in initiation as long as it's like, there's a positive outcome from it. Yeah. Like, yeah. like I got to know the kids. Like, yeah, like yeah. You're, you're buddies. Like, Port Credit was kind of cool. Maybe, I don't know how, what high school is like, obviously now, but yeah. like, that's kind of how you introduce yourself to like the older grades. And yeah. like, then you're going to house parties with them and like, yeah, all you're all t- you're a team. Right? It's funny. Yeah. I was kind of in that same. Like they're sh- they're high fiving you after. Yeah, like, it's it's. I good. got the same thing. I actually got I got niner written on my face in black <laughs> sharpie. Again, it's easy to picture me. I was just a little short fat kid with like blonde highlights, and I was uh, went to the mall and it, same kind of thing. One of the older guys, and uh, you can roast me. I don't mind. Um, and yeah, they wrote niner on my forehead in black sharpie. I came back to the class after lunch, and my teachers were like, "What the heck happened to you?" My buddies were laughing at me. But see, after that happened, it's like my buddies' older brothers. They were all like. They were cool after. They're like, you know, you're like, you know, you took it like a champ. You yeah. didn't like cry or go tile. Like, you know, you can come hang out with us, whatever you need. Or I remember one time, actually, one of the guys, the reason he knew me and why I got initiated, he refed my soccer games. And like, sometimes when like stuff would kind of go down, he kind of had my side a little bit in my back. So I know what you mean. Like, I mean, I didn't enjoy it in the moment. It was kind of embarrassing, but uh, whatever. It happened and, you know, I got a little bit of street cred from it. So, yeah. So it like, oh, you laughing, man. I, <laughs> I continued, obviously, high school, grade nine, got my feet wet. No, no, come, come, the mic, yeah. Uh, got my feet wet, like, pretty good. Started training more, yeah. started learning more techniques. And then grade 10, I actually won my first regional championship. No shit. And then uh, that gets you sent to OFSA. And, like, I never did well at OFSA. But uh, provincials and nationals, I went to uh, the, that year and the following year. Uh, I did well at provincials, did the better half at nationals. And, like, but it changed my life. Like, it, you learn to really fucking work for something. Yeah, like, it teaches you so, like, it teaches you patience, like, perseverance like so many good qualities that you want to teach yourself or teach like young men and women in society right like you don't think about how much playing a sport can teach you because even the losses you you learn more from losing than winning like winning's awesome but you don't learn you don't learn much from winning yeah there's you can take outcomes or you can take things from those outcomes but losing teaches you so much and like you said like you didn't want to match your all of grade seven year like 
if it wasn't for that, you might not have been as committed at that young age and when you first started. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy to think that when you lose, and there's two types of people, people that lose and sulk and they're sore losers and you know teach their own. But then there's people that lose, learn from it, grow and become winners, right? So... It's, you know, yeah, and I think, and I, this might be a generalization. I don't know if it's like just doing something competitively, like like you know, actually, like when you, I mean, I played housing sports growing up, but you could tell, you could see there's a difference with kids, like when you start going to rep or comp or playing, you know, for uh for it was Ropsa in I think in Peel, right? Yeah, yeah. and then Offsa. So when you're competing for things and like it's, it's something like it's you're you're trying to accomplish something or, or make a team, like it's that kind of that fire in you and that that drive that I guess that helps shape you. And again, learning from the losses, like you learn, like Rick said, you do learn more from your losses and like, that's what shapes you, right? This is a bit of a generalization, but I know that I have some younger cousins and you know, you see today, like people are more so with like, you know, the participation medals, if you will. And just, you know, it's good that you came out. I mean, that's great. It's fun, but I really think like the scars you get when you're a kid, cause when you're a kid and you lose, it hurts. Like it hurts deep. Oh, today yeah. you lose a game against your buddies or you, even if you're playing sport, it's not fun. We're like, it's another day. My life goes on. I have bigger things to worry about. When you're a kid, it's like your world shattered. Yeah. But you learn. You're like, I don't like this feeling. I want to keep working. I want to keep growing. And those things, that sticks with you. That translates in life as your sport career goes on, as school goes on, as your career goes on. And it teaches you, I mean, everything. Those skills are ingrained in you from a young age. And I think that it's like important for anybody to kind of go through. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, go ahead. No, I was going to switch gears a bit. <laughs> do what you got to do, buddy. <laughs> I was going to say, so... Uh, after high school, started working nightlife industry. Okay, jumping Take, back to the, yeah. to the wet bar. So Sample. nightlife, uh, I worked for a tennis court company painting tennis courts. That was sick. Like a lot of money during the summer. Really? And then you could like really focus on. There's only like three or four companies. And My you paid like actually what, twenty dollars cash or tennis something. Courts. Probably no. It's all twenty bucks like, an hour cash. It's all legit. Oh, it's really like everything. Yeah. But uh, like you could make enough money in the summer in high school and like in college and like really finance whatever you want to do in high school or That's like crazy. during the school year. But uh, that lasted a couple of years and then nightlife and never thought I'd work in nightlife, but I think I went to the bar the first time and then I was like looking around and look, always thinking about numbers is like, there's a lot of money to be made. And then I found it's out like busboys boys make, bus boys make like a tip cover. out percentage. Yeah. And uh, I started, I, got, I applied at the same bar I went to, which is wet bar and I got it and then I just hustled and then being the, who I am, I like adapted, learned how to like, I started doing the social media there. Like Facebook just came out or not just came out, but like not Twitter, a lot of people yeah. were using it. Twitter started coming out. Instagram wasn't around yet. And uh, I just started the social media there. And I, I thought to myself, like if I can put more people in here somehow, like I can probably make more money. Yeah. And then it kind of led from there. I was just going to say, so is that how you went from, but cause I've, I actually never knew this. I knew you started Buzzboy, and I just always thought you were boys with somebody and that's how you kind of developed. Cause that's how I got my start in promo career. I was boys with Alex and Andrew Moretti. But so you went from bus boy to figuring out social media and that's what took you to kind of the position you are now. And we'll, we'll talk yeah, about yeah. that after. But. So I started the social media. I started just, nobody knew what they were doing then. Nobody like, there was no apps to edit and yeah. like stuff like that. So I just started posting whatever promo was coming out. And Facebook then, uh, events, inviting people. Mickey, shout out Mickey. He was the main promoter and owner of a bunch of clubs in that area. Yeah. And uh, he started sending me the promo to post for the club because he had that promotion company status and 4D and all 4D, that stuff. Yeah. And uh, we started, that's how we started to get to know each other. I knew him from back in the day because my brother took me to that one big event at called blackout yeah. the ten thousand. Like, yeah the 4d event. events I, I remember yeah. i remember going to one of them once yeah. i don't remember which one but i just remember the name 4d event i think it was in grade eight i went and uh, my brother just wanted to like 
like show me what a club and party would be like so yeah. i'm not like shocked <laughs> um and because i was always doing sports like i never yeah yeah uh went went out really and uh so i started then and then we started working together more and then he's like do you want to do more and i'm like yeah sure so he had a beach club fest yep did a couple thousand people's Wildwater kingdom turned yep. it into a party she played that one baby <laughs> i'll never forget and, uh, that was sick actually i remember that party. Yeah, you didn't care like, what people thought of you or who i was dealing with so like we had like 90 i think i had like 99 promoters or something yeah like that. i was one it was of them. crazy and like yeah. i didn't know that you party you, the first time was nuts <laughs> I, really, like, I think it was the second or the third that got massive yeah so that's not to like, not the two that's when i started coming around then we did we actually ended up doing two that summer uh like part two and it, it did really well that was the and second was, summer right it was like in august and july or was it june july? june and august june, august. Yeah. june 23rd was yeah. one of the anniversaries Late june and early august and, like six uh, weeks apart or something yeah so then we we did that and and it's sorry to cut you off there it's crazy to think that you threw a massive 19 plus party. Helped, helped. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, helped. But no, you were part of the yeah, team yeah, that, sure. that threw this massive party at like a kid's water park. Like, when yeah. you think about it, you're like one of the biggest parties of the year. And I think it won an award at like the Toronto nightclub awards or something. Yeah, but, it, but, um, it did? Yeah, it was crazy. But this was before like <laughs> festivals were a thing. It was like, before Cabanas, before anything like that. No there, there was no Vel, no there was no digital. It was like the following year. Wasn't and, it like the third year, I think, Digital Dreams came? Because I remember then that's when it kind of, I mean, it didn't literally just die to Nora, but it kind of, you could tell there was that shift everyone wanted to be at. Yeah, like digital EDC, Dreams. like the international ones were just yeah, starting yeah. to come around. Like back in the day, it's like, remember how people used to, what's hot on Saturday nights, what's hot on Friday nights? And then, like, now it's shifted to, like, what event is going on. And that was, like, the kind of era where, like, what people thought of when they want to go out in nightlife. That's actually interesting, yeah. Like, you would think about what night to go where and what parties, and then it became, well, you're right. I never thought about that. It's more so, like, what events are going on. What DJ do you have? Yeah, like, or people even, like, they might wait more so, like, it's like you can go tonight on a Friday, or, like, next week I know is St. Paddy's, or, like, again, Beach Club Fest. or something coming up, so you would kind of wait and anticipate those parties coming up. I never thought about that. It's interesting. Yeah. I, I just keep thinking Beach, beach Club Fest, like how much fun. Beach I, I almost, beach club I, I almost did that. Beach Club but. Fest was so fun. I remember being on that stage and, and uh, I, honestly, shout out to Mickey because I, I, like, aside from like Crown giving me my start as a DJ, Mickey was the one guy who was like, you're Greek. I like you. Go play. He let me play Time. No, he, he let me play Beach like, Club oh, Fest. I forgot you were a DJ. You're, you're, yeah, I didn't even you, know you then, but you were on the lineup. He, yeah, he let me play Time when I was like just starting like, out. I swear I wrote this guy's name on Probably. something a couple An times. An envelope or something. Yeah. And, uh, or handed you your badge. But like, Mickey was always the best. Like He was honestly just like... He's like, yeah. I'm like, you, you don't know, you're like, you're a mix that I was like, just play, do whatever you want. So I remember when I played Beach Club Fest. Just don't screw it up. Beach Club Fest was like one of my, I think it was the first official like quote unquote festival that I played because it was a stage. Most places you play are like a venues. Booth. Yeah. Booth. So I remember Mickey. I'll never forget this. He's like, I have a surprise for your set. I think it was the first year. I can't remember. Is that the robot? Yeah. So, <laughs> so he's like, I have a surprise for you. I'm like, what do you mean for me? He's like, I booked this and it's gonna, it's gonna be like released during your set. I was like, what? So he's like, you ever seen Cryo Man and the David Guetta music videos? I was like, or David Guetta's parties? I was like, yeah. He's like, I booked him. He's coming on in your set. I was like, my heart was pounding. I was so nervous. Don't I remember up. I was DJing and I see this like big robot guy come out. And I was like, this is the most hype thing I've ever done in my life. Like to that point, I guess. Like I'm just DJing and this guy blasting CO2. I thought I was like playing in Ibiza in front of like 100,000 people. It, it felt like 100,000 people. It was nuts. did. It like, was nuts. Especially when it got dark, too, because I think the party started at three or four. Yeah, lasers. Yeah, and it's, it got it dark. Like, it's by like the last year, it was insane. Oh. By the last year, the production like that they had in there was like 
it was the crazy. capabilities that were around because all the festivals around so like equipment was in the yeah, area yeah. and stuff like that what was your favorite event you were part of like beach club or just nightlife no in just general? nightlife in general Honestly, i know it's kind of random we'll... okay so i think the last at mr wolf which is the most recent club yeah. that we built was magic land did you guys actually come to that i didn't so it was mickey's birthday as well but uh magic land no was like, i was sick no, that I day did, i did no. go that if it was mickey's birthday it was like camera, oh, no wait. it was a sunday didn't go doing a festival in a nightclub like it was like everything you learned how to execute like and now there's google drive and spreadsheets and like sharing yeah, and like yeah. no paper notes and stuff like that in group chats which changed the way uh stuff like how you production level but uh magic land was pretty rewarding i would say just because you put there's so many moving parts like if i pull up my spreadsheet there's like 99 checklist things to Come do on. at like beach club fest i was still 100 things to do but like it was the most like, you, you don't, I don't know see what it at writing. the end at the end you're kind of like there were so many pieces but someone like magic land where it's at the end you said wow i just did all these whatever 100 items yeah and that all came together perfectly and like back in the day like I, it was only just me kind of doing stuff like there was Giancarlo and like but I was Giancarlo I felt yeah. like I could do you felt you feel like you could do anything yeah and then by magic land and like as I got older and I had my like thank you Toronto business which we'll get into and yeah, all that yeah. stuff like I started to learn how to like delegate more and hire yeah. and like ask for help yeah which is a huge thing that I don't think people really respect and the value of asking for help yeah yeah and so like Obviously, I asked permission to like hire a couple guys to help me out that thing, uh, that event, and it just ran like butter. Yeah. And uh, Aria taught me a lot too. Arthur taught me a lot about like a lot of it is just prep work. Yeah. And like, and then obviously making sure it's all smooth, but prep work is huge. And I think Magic Land was the most rewarding best event yeah. there's like nachos there was robots there everything was everything <laughs> it's, it's gonna be like yeah. it's gonna be the, the craziest event possible do, do you know what when you say that too there's so much in terms of nightlife everyone just thinks oh you just you play music you get bottles and that's your party right yeah. like super easy to throw a party everyone doesn't realize how much work and I, I think i've said this on the podcast before how much work actually goes into throwing a good successful party People think, oh, well, Time Saturdays is busy. Oh, sorry, uh, Loss of Valentine Saturdays is busy every week, so it just runs itself. It's like, no, it doesn't just run itself. There's each week you have to keep doing something to stay new, stay fresh, or else you're going to, in a year, you're going to die out like so many clubs do, right? Every club. It's a 24 do, hour, yeah. like, whether you see someone on the street and, like, whether like, he's a client or a friend yeah. or a friend of someone's, mm -hmm. like. The, the, the work that goes behind the scenes, you know, like, texting everybody going through facebook birthdays i remember when i was in the industry like facebook birthdays was my like booth getter i would just go f get facebook birthdays message every single person who had a birthday coming up in the next month say hey what are you doing are you interested here I, I work at lost and found or efs or whatever nightclub it was and that's how i would get my my tables half the time right and you don't think about it if you get a table that's your 10 15 people you know you've got that group locked and then you can start working on the second table third table then guest list whatever but it was a full-time job. And I, when I did it full-time for a couple summers, my parents would be like, you can't do this. It's not, a, it's not a real job. I'm like, it's not a real job. Well, it pays like a real job. I put in the hours like a real job. So I think it is like a real job, right? That's kind of the chat I have. Like now I did a lot of staffing now the last couple of years. Um, but what you're talking about is like just customer experience and stuff like that. Like I actually only really put, I always knew about customer experience, but uh, I was I went to Vegas for nightclub expo and I sat in a few classes like all those uh, bar rescue guys and and like one thing I sat in on was customer experience and like that was a huge thing like 
how much you have to do <laughs> and yeah. where it starts and it never stops. Yeah. No, Cause you're always going to be doing something and changing the game or else you're going to get left behind. And For, that's like any business. Y- yeah. You, you hate to say this, but there's so many clubs in Toronto that, you know, get a, get the lease, redecorate, re-renovate. It looks awesome. And then a year later, their doors are closed. And you're like, how does that happen? Well, simple. You're not new after two, three months. So what are you doing now that is going to separate you from everybody else? You know, the big thing I think in recent years is bottle presentations. But now it's, if you don't oh, have a good bottle presentation, <laughs> you're not getting it. Like lost and found the best examples, like the little mini Lamborghinis, like unbelievable. Yeah. You know, in Vegas, they that was sick. I remember when those started. Then, uh, I thought Mr. They were so Mr. Cool. Wolf. So like, it's funny you say that. Like at, we went to every club in Vegas that one night. It was crazy. Like, that luxury. in one like, night pull like, out the black card baby <laughs> everyone was there like uh loud luxury was there like we went to go see them they, they were they play omnia uh, i think it was omnia omnia yeah or hawkinson or omnia is the one that has the light that comes Om- down the middle yeah, yeah. no they were hawkinson last year i think yeah now they're omnia yeah. i love hawkinson one of my favorite clubs so i made notes like every single thing like yeah what what stanchions and barricades they oh had. yeah like and what one thing was cool was like even the elevator guy was saying like, thanks for coming. Have a good, like, yeah. have a good night. It's a full oh, customer a, experience. Yeah. Like, it was crazy. So like now I, I put that into all my staffing and stuff like that. But like how you said it was a full-time job. I, I like when I hire someone, I try to see what their, what their mentality and goal is. So like I have like the Wong talk, like when they first get hired and I'll talk also, to them. Also time out, so cheesed. You changed your Instagram name. That was the best. I, I know why. To. I know why, but yeah. we'll chat that Wrong later. Person, like, it was my license plate. Too, it was the what? best. It was literally the <laughs> it's best. It was so good. You should lean into it. Was great. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Continue. Back to your point. Um, the Wong talk. Yeah. So like <laughs> you'll, hire, you'll, you'll hire new staff, but like I'll have this talk with them and just see what their, their mentality and goals are. I already know their mentality kind of when I first hire them. But uh, what are you going to do outside of like, they're only working like 15 hours a week, the, the yeah. servers, bartenders, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less. But uh, what are they doing outside of that 15 hours? Because they make pretty good money. Like some do, some don't, but they make a lot of money per hour on mm-hmm. what they're doing. And well, some uh, some servers probably walk out like a grand a night. You know what I mean? Can't like, say it. <laughs> yeah. No, but they, you make good money, right? But it's, yeah. Yeah. And it's true. It's like, what are the person's motivations? What are their, like, what incentivize them? What drives them and all that kind of stuff? So I'll have a talk with them. Just like, what are your goals? Are you in school? Like, do you, what, what are your hobbies? And then I'll try to help them do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that obviously makes working, working for them or them with working them, for yeah. me a lot easier. Mm-hmm. And uh, sorry, cut off. Um, but no, yeah, no. they'll, uh, it makes a lot of working for them easier. So I'll find out what their business goals are. Yeah. Like they're starting a clothing company, lashes. Uh, Whatever, yeah. And uh, it it makes things a lot easier. And it's cool to see them grow because like all every job you have has an expiry date. Like whatever job you're at, maybe, mm-hmm. you, maybe you won't work there one day. So yeah. learning what you can do outside of that 15 hours a week that I ask you for is like... I find I get the most out of that 15 hours. Yeah, and help yeah. them do something else. That's actually a really good way to look at it too, right? Because you, when you're there, you want their head to be there. But if you're offering them support and offering like your skills and your abilities in other ways, whether it's actually directly helping them or even just giving them some advice or nudging them a certain way, like that's got to be a relief too, right? Because then you take an interest in in their career, their profession, or whatever they're doing, uh, and it probably gives them that that feeling that they feel more valued as a team member and that they're kind of they're. They're not just looked at as a number and an employee there, which is a huge thing, right? Because, um, you know, as people, like we work in business as well. And one of the big things, like, while the, the customer's experience is, is huge, is huge. It's one of the biggest things. Also, like, your employee experience is massive, right? Because at the end of the day, 
the like the way the world is going is that it's always been like clients first, clients first. I mean, in the big business world, the shareholders first, shareholders first. But now it's more so like, what are you doing for your employees? What what are you offering? Look at them? the way is offices it, are changing now. Yeah, like is it a conducive working environment? Do people feel like they're they're respected? I mean, that's how you differentiate yourself because you can different like even to jump back to the point of clubs. Like in Vegas, you look at every club. Everyone's got to try to do something different to compete. Same in Toronto. You got to do something different to compete with them. But you also have to try to retain the best staff because the staff are also a reflection of your brand. And if that's not good, then the customer experience suffers. So it's a full circle, right? You can't just always be trying to please the customer. You always got to see, like, to your point of what you just talked about is how do you make your employees feel like they want, they're part of the team, part of the family and all that stuff. So Correct. the fact that you look at it that way is, is, is great. It's, it's huge in management. And it's I've never went to school for management. It's something you just kind of, you kind of learn what works, what doesn't work and yeah, you just get more. Well, out you, of it. even you giving them advice on kind of what their goals are outside, because I'm sure a lot of people don't get into the nightlife industry and say this is where I'm going to be forever, right? Some people are just doing it to to meet. If an they end. say that, I'm going to give them a reality check. Yeah, well, no, just like you, you were just doing it to make ends meet. Kind of, you needed a job, and then it became full time. And then it became full time because it developed. But then, if you're talking to people about these, let's say, side hustles or these other careers that they want to pursue. Coming from you, it's someone that, and we'll get into Thank You Toronto, but that's probably one of the best examples. You know, you were in nightlife at the time. You were full-time nightlife, basically, at this point. And you created a brand that not only helped people, and but was also a huge, awesome, like, local initiative that turned national, I think. And Yeah, it started. Well, yeah, why don't you tell us about that, actually? Because it was weird, because I actually started it when I was out of work, like, one, like, clubs were, like, our clubs were closing, and, uh, So I guess maybe after time? Yeah, after time, after Aria was about to end and Lost was just building and I wasn't too involved in Lost yet until it was open, but uh, I needed something to do. Like, one thing nightlife sucks out of you is, like, your money management. You think, like, you're making a lot of money, but, like, it goes out the, yeah. go out the door real fast. So, like, that's another talk I'll have. Um, and rent is crazy now. I, don't, I can't believe what people are paying now. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I started Thank You Toronto. I was just sitting in, sitting in bed and... Uh, I, I don't know how I thought of it. And then I went to Team LTD was also starting their brand. They were like a year in working out of Jamie Viss's basement. And uh, I, met, I, call, I called him and I'm like, yo, where are you? I'm like, let's, we always bounced ideas off each other. And, uh, and how'd you meet him? Sorry. Through Scott Croxall. Um, okay, so friends the Red friends. Bull Crash Dice athlete. Okay. I also went to high school with him. And uh, we always skateboarded and stuff when we were younger. But I started that and it, I just started curating photos of Toronto. Like Instagram was just dabbling. So I started curating photos of Toronto and then social grind, commenting, hashtag and stuff like that. And then one day it was at like 10,000 followers. So I'm like, this is when the explore page and stuff was chronological. So I started that and uh, I released, I put a teaser out, like just releasing hats that I made and got embroidered and got patches made and stuff like that. And wake up one day after I released it, maybe like a week later and my phone's blowing up. Like, yo, go check breakfast television, go check blog to Like people just well, wrote I, about this it. This is also in like coincidence with the Jays playoff run. I think. Yeah. It's that like, was a couple years. Oh yeah. Maybe it, I think it was like a couple years before. So like it? I, as a little established then, and I think the only other company around that was doing kind of Toronto trendy stuff was one love to which had a like huge impact yeah. on yeah, yeah. culture and stuff like that. And, uh, so I, I got, I not first to market, but I was ahead of the time of giving back. So for everything I sold, I provided a meal for someone in need. So like we first we did it with like hand to hand feedings and like bought some burgers from France restaurants, filmed the video, which I have. Yeah, I remember the video. And uh, then everyone started doing it. So like obviously I don't run that business anymore now, but uh, 
it taught me so much about just like how to grow something and like how to stick to it and like as weird as it is like don't be embarrassed of whatever you put out because yeah. a lot of people like this generation now not everyone but they're just they think about stuff too much before they put it out and we're all notorious for it oh yeah Oh yeah, <laughs> Rick knows. Hey man, this Instagram pic good. He's like, dude, no exactly. one cares. I'm like, if you like it, post. I it. know. Like that's at the end of the day, if you're making content or you're taking pictures, feel confident because at the end of the day, your opinion is the only opinion that matters. Like, yeah, maybe your close friends and your family, but if you're doing something and you like it, put it out there for the world to see. Right? Like, you should be proud of the work you're doing or. You know, if you're taking a picture, like proud of the way you look, the way proud you of your feel. friends, proud yeah. of who you like, yeah. regardless of what they look like. Yeah, look yeah. at the most successful people in the world, like um, Drake or Gary V or someone like their feeds don't look good. Yeah. <laughs> Not good, but uh, they they just pump out their lifestyle. They're docu like they're selling like the Bieber, journey. Right? Yeah, they're selling thing. sell the doc like documentary of what yeah. you're doing. And like, but see, that's a good point you had. Like you, you have to lean into whatever it is, whether if it's a brand, like if it's your, if it's your social media page, if it's a company you're starting, uh, whatever it is the people you surround yourself with wherever you're going like if you are if you you one you like something or you believe in it you're passionate about it like you have to lean into it at the end of the day to your point as well rick is like if it makes you feel good and you know you're and you're doing the right thing you're not hurting anybody and all that stuff like you shouldn't care what people think right uh like curating content to please other people is like that's it's, the biggest obstacle is caring like yeah <laughs> you really over. yeah it's true right and like with like with thank you toronto too like you, you one you were doing something that like, like you would have thought like you're also giving back using to, the is, word thank is, you would be kind of cool and yeah. then like 400 and 408,000 hashtags later like okay maybe it is pretty cool yeah, <laughs> yeah. actually thank you toronto is a great brand Remember, I, you actually Shout out to thank you, Toronto. You sent me a hat and a couple of shirts when I first went on my trip. Before when I was, influencers. But, yeah. I was like a quote unquote influence. No, when I actually left on my trip, when I was going to travel and you gave me a flag, which I was, I'm, I'm kicking myself because I, I took it with me for most of my trip and then I forgot it back in Toronto when I was going to like my Africa portrait because I wanted to bring it with me and I forgot it on my, on my dresser was going, but I had the shirts. I had the hat. The hat was the best. I, I love that hat. But yeah, that that was a cool journey. Um, it taught me a lot, and it brought me to some cool places. Like I still worked with MLSC on a bunch of stuff. Like, yeah, man, that was. I went to Raptors playoffs for free. Like that was crazy. Like, yeah, and like maybe like ten or twenty rows up. Like great seats, and then I think one of the coolest things was uh, Shangri La Hotel wanted to do like an influencer campaign, so they showed us all the amenities and stuff like that. And then I think the highlight just before the big highlight, which I'll get to, was an influencer dinner. And this was before like influencers were a thing. So there's best vacations there, which is like 3 million followers. And uh, it's all chronological, the Explorer page. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, That was the best. I don't know why they got it. Everyone's sitting there. They're not, they're not competing with each other, like how I guess um, it is now. Yeah. And we were just sharing ideas, sharing ideas. And that was probably like the coolest thing. And then what it led to was, hey, can you do a photo campaign on the roof of Shangri-La? So rooftoping was a big like thing. Like 80 for, stories up or whatever. How, how big is Shangri-La? Oh, I don't know. But I had to like sign a waiver that. It's, I, it's too, it's big, <laughs> you, you got scared up there. Eh? Yeah. Sign a waiver that you're not like I guess scared crazy. Of heights. Yeah. <laughs> not even scared of heights. Oh, like, they didn't so let us go too far. But uh, it was a pretty cool epic photo. Um and just seeing the city from up there, it's like <laughs> surreal. <laughs> it's eh? it's surreal, and that was like one of the coolest things. And then I, 
as you said, Blue Jays playoffs. So I, we didn't make it, obviously, but we got really far. But I had I did a sock collab with a company called Yo Socks and uh, used my word. Thank you, Toronto. Home is here. And Kevin Plar posted yeah. it. And that was like a cool little trophy. Yeah. And uh, he posted it and just saying thank you, Toronto. And that was dope. <laughs> that, go ahead. I was going to say, what's the biggest lesson you learned? You said you learned a lot of lessons. What's the biggest one you learned with thank you, Toronto? Those little trophies don't mean shit. You just got to keep like <laughs> chasing the next one. And, yeah. Like, like as much as you maybe you get on a blog post or feature, like what's the next goal? Yeah. Like are you only getting sales from that specific, like anytime you get a boost like that, like how do you get the next one? How do you get the next one? And like how do you really build a brand that resonates? So like eventually cost per acquisitions got too high because like there's a hundred different Toronto companies now. Yeah. Um, but that's like one thing you just got to keep, like keep grinding and keep pushing yeah. like, through every single obstacle and chase and find new strategies. Yeah, yeah. You can't get it. It's exciting and it feels good in the moment to be like, wow, like we, like now we made it, but here's like a milestone we hit. And this is very cool, but you gotta like, I guess, enjoy it for the moment. And then you have like, okay, like again, what's next? Like how do we move forward or what's our next trophy we can get? Or what's the next one we can yeah, get? Yeah. And like, I wasn't even like social media advertising yet like facebook ads and business manager and stuff like that which i do now um that wasn't even a thing and it was all organic at the time and okay. then that's that was the next phase of hey how do i get how do i promote it using ad spend and yeah. it, it's scary spending money not knowing if you're going to get a return on it yeah yeah um, well, especially at the beginning too because you don't if, even there was know so much you're unknown doing. you're like Am I just throwing money down a hole here? Or like, is it going to work? And I'm still doing it now. Like, I'm, now I'm trying to ma like do, do my Google certifications and stuff like that. And, and so when you first started doing it, when you were thinking Toronto, like there was, at what point did like Google ad, or not Google ad, that's been around, but like Facebook ads or Instagram and that kind of stuff, did, was it around when you were doing it? Or did it kind of like, was it near the end? It was more near 75% near the end of when. Okay. Um, but then when I started learning how to retarget people, so like you went to my site before and then now I can like show an ad to you later. Oh, so that's the most, yeah, I'm literally like your go-to client here. I get, <laughs> I get caught on these things all the time and, and I love it. It's creepy. But, uh, so like that was really good for when you do boxing day and like uh, black Friday sales, you can target literally anyone that's visited your website and like, and then you get them all for like 60 Christmas days. over the Christmas holidays that are, they're yours Correct. basically. And then that's when I learned how powerful Facebook and Instagram marketing was. Um, and then what's funny is cause now I'm learning Google and now with my new like business I'm starting, I'm trying to solve a problem. Yes. Yeah. It's so hard to market solving a problem on Instagram and Facebook. Okay. Cause you can't like. Let's just say Google ads, for example, I can you search something I can target that search. <laughs> so like how to fix my camera or something like that yeah. I can say I fix cameras for a living. I can literally target those searches. Mm -hmm. Facebook and Instagram, you can get pretty close, but like you can't. It's more brand awareness in my yeah. opinion. So those platforms are more so for like, yeah, you, you can't put as much of a narrative behind it and say like we can do this for you or this is what we do. It's more so like once your brand has developed that image and that clout as we were talking about Correct, before yeah then people can say oh i know what these guys do i can do it so i guess or is that where you're going like you're kind of starting back from the beginning and have to start from like the, yeah like but building the foundation of it to build i love it. that part of the journey of like learning something and i was always against google ads in a way but like just learning how you can like specifically target someone that's searching is so powerful it's not even it's crazy yeah did it 
sure and and now i guess even to kind of like we don't have to jump too far but even to foray into like what you're doing now did that come about because you started taking an interest in this stuff with thank you toronto was it when you first started in nightlife like you just really did you gravitate towards like the branding marketing all that stuff like at what point did you realize i enjoy this i want to do something with this i've always enjoyed it like i always did this i always did the social media marketing for all the clubs yeah but uh obviously shit hit the fan with pandemic and i'm out of work again mm-hmm. until i'm not out of work but we don't know when we're going You're back obviously hold. yeah so my mentality that my creative mentality that i had when i started thank you toronto when i was out of work then like kicked in again i'm like what do i love doing and i love teaching people i love talking to people but then like i also love social media and advertising and like kind of seeing what's out there so now i'm starting this whole thing again and then i started a new self-titled company neil wong um legally neo Wong creative and stuff like that but uh, <laughs> i love that creative uh, creative at the end i love it it's not, like, it makes, it makes me feel like that's legit I, there's so many people there it's all this company they're massive they're building brands creative gives them more that like that big yeah, big yeah. feel i like it but i think starting something with your name is like makes you work 10 times harder because like that's yeah. the one thing someone can't take away from you yeah it's like you'll do anything to protect your name yeah, yeah. If, if it sucks you can't just run away you can't just say i this product wasn't good this yeah no, no you can't be name. like yeah no that wasn't yeah. my company or i was a partner i didn't know yeah, it's literally like it, neil can't be like uh that's I can't not take me it off, i can't take it off my resume i think that was you when you google yourself it's coming up guaranteed so i i started that and i dabbled into writing up my ideas and then i created two digital boot camps like one social media managing it's like 100 pages and it's everything covering from uh, photoshop to creating a schedule so say you hire me um i'll give you teaching you how to prepare a, a posting schedule for you to approve because at the end of the day you're the boss yeah. and then reporting content creation how to find content not all your content has to be created and then user generated content so like using hashtags to create content contests and all that stuff. So doing everything, someone create their own side hustle from it. But more of it's based on like teaching you the mentality of like how to open up your creative senses. And then the other one was how to sell online, which is building through Shopify and stuff like that, which how I built. Thank you, Toronto. Sweet. But uh, so, and then I guess, did this come out of like, you wanted to share to your point of like wanting to teach, did that come about even jumping back where you said, you know, you want to t- you take interest in your people you hire and you recruit and you employ, like, is it part of you like miss that a little bit? Like, you know, I miss kind of like coaching people and sharing my knowledge. So did it come about being like, you know what? I should not just share this with people that I work with. Is it, I want to share it with like the masses. Like I want to share it, it with the masses. Um, obviously there's some strategies I'll keep to myself in it, yeah, yeah. but uh, keep that there's IP like type. a lot of bonus slides within there where like, I'll just talk about mindsets and stuff like that. Um, but it, it's been a cool process. Like, I've always been at a business side. I've always been interested in digital products because obviously the margins are like crazy. So you can yeah. spend a lot more marketing, which I'm going to be soon to ready to spend on that. But uh, I've always been into it and I'm just getting ready to launch. I've launched, but getting ready to like really. Yeah, official launch. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what's funny? And we've been mentioning this, maybe not with you, but you, actually, no, definitely with you, George. But a lot of my friends, we've been talking. There's so many people that are going to come out of COVID you know, maybe 10 pounds heavier and not learned a single thing. And then whoa, there's other- Whoa, weight's just a number, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's like, there's going to be people that come out mentally- in, worse, in a worse position yeah. than when they went in, is what yeah, you're trying and, to say. Yeah, and people that come out mentally and physically strong or in better shape than they started this COVID stuff. And you're one of those people, it's like, as soon as COVID started, your, your life's basically put on hold and you say, okay, what can I do? It's not, okay, you know, let me sit around, sulk. It's no, what can I do? What strengths do I have? How can I- 
help people? How can I solve a problem? How can I do something? And you just, you have that mentality and I've known you for, for over a decade now. So I know that that's how you are, that you can't just sit still and wallow in your, so your I, I, I had a goal like before this whole, even was in a pandemic, this pandemic even started yeah. just to like make 20, literally make 2020 my best year ever. And then obviously this happened income goes down ideas go down like whatever whatever yeah like just mental state uh, goes down i still was determined to like come out of this better than i went in and still make 2020 my best year ever so that's i just you gotta go get it like yeah let me ask you so uh, to that point of making 2020 your best year was it just a mindset or did you have some like quantitative like tangible goals that you had and if you did have, have they materialized? Like, was it, I want to build a company or I want to do something new or have they changed because of the result of what, what depend that the situation we're in now? Uh, I've always just wanted to be, I've always just wanted to be like, just always accomplish something new. Yeah. Um, actually it's funny because obviously Serb's running out or Serb was about to run out. And then, so I like, maybe I'll just beat everyone to the punch and kill some time and find a day job. Yeah. I worked one day and I quit. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I was just, no, it's not for me. So yeah. Uh, I just rather work for myself. Like I was very, I'm very fortunate in life that I almost create my own job. Yeah. Just, so I was like, oh, just quit and just put your 100% effort into it. Yeah. And that's something you see entrepreneurs say all the time and it's easier, really easier said than done because financial toll on mentally is like, yeah, yeah. it's crazy, but money comes and goes, just figure it out. Yeah, you have to like, I guess one of the things too that, I mean, almost, I mean, not almost every entrepreneur, but a lot of people say like, it has to be sink or swim, right? You can't have one foot in, one foot out. At the end of the day, like, if you keep the cushy job or something even to, to pay your bills, you're going to put time into that because you have to, you have to put time into yeah, right? assisting that job. But then you're also not giving 110% into what your project is because at the end of the day, if you really believe in something, you have to be like, for it to succeed, you got to be willing to, to sink or swim with it right like you gotta you gotta believe in it all 110 you gotta be two feet in and you just gotta run with it and if it fails you learn it's easier said than done like to your point like it's you know some people don't have the financial freedom to do it or a little bit tougher and, and a little bit uncertainty it makes it makes it tough to jump in to something like that but like i'm guessing for you is it more like liberating let's say you know what? i'm not doing this job i'm just gonna jump two feet in and i'm just gonna go with it yeah, I literally, I was teeter-tottering. So I was like, mm, maybe I'll just try and get some revenue in and just go work for a little bit and then maybe put 20% in once I'm finished. But nah, I was just doing yeah. like, you just got to put both feet in. Because most people say when they do that, right, to you, it's always like, yeah, you know what, I'm going to work now and then next week I'll get to it. Next week I'll get to it. Like that, I mean, you know me, I was the king of that. I have all these ideas and I'm like, yeah, you know what? Maybe I, maybe I don't love it as much. I got something we got tough or I did a roadblock. I'm like, ah, I'll do it later. Nothing's going to get done. Like literally you have to just put one foot in front of the other and move in the right direction, right? But the big thing with what you're doing now is you saw, you saw a problem. You saw a skill that you had and a problem that there existed. It's not like you said, I'm going to do this because I want to be a millionaire. I'm going to just make money. It's like, no, there's a problem. I have a skill that can solve that problem let me help. And most good business ideas or most good businesses are based off trying to help someone or using your strengths. Correct. You're solving a problem. Yeah. And it's like doing things that you're really good at. What am I really good at that can help solve a problem? It's funny because like I'm not doing anything that nobody else has done, but I think I found a niche market where like people just want to be told what to do. So there's building a Shopify site. There's as much as it's a great platform and it you can do everything yourself, but like, are you doing everything properly yourself? Mm-hmm. And then are you fumbling around and then do you have to backtrack? So like literally I put it step by step by step by step and 
that's how some people learn. Like I'm looking at Google ads search and be like, people are literally searching how to build Shopify site. I can tell you right now, we're about to start doing that for a company of ours. <laughs> I may need to hire your services because I actually made that, may get this program because we're on that note, we're building a new website for, for another platform we're starting. And uh, yeah, I just figured like, yeah, Shopify, it's easy. You just go on build a Shopify. But yeah. like, there's a lot that goes into but it. But there's like preset, like why is uh, my friend paying $30 for shipping yeah. when he lives down the street? <laughs> so like how to tackle that properly. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And doing it improper because there's some steps where like you can't you have to do something as a prerequisite before and yeah. if you do the other step first you kind of screw yourself over you're kind of solving that problem the the digital uh the digital version of measure twice cut once Correct. which like in the real world like i'm the worst at that i, I just go and cut and i'm like oh shit gotta redo this now but oh i learned that i actually went to school for architecture for, oh, two, there you go. There you <laughs> for go. two years and i finished but uh i never did anything with it but growing up in port credit like architecture is crazy oh yeah <laughs> everywhere so and i always played with lego yeah and like i have lego tattoo <laughs> <laughs> yeah sick like that lego that. lego was like sports when i was younger changed my life yeah yeah yeah. you just separate yourself yeah that's yeah. very cool though like i never i never would have thought that there would have been a need for that it's not something that i would have thought like you know there's there's like honestly you think digitally though you think you can like you know if i make a mistake i'll redo it but also like the way i i personally view things is i think t- like time is the one of the most important things because and i've said it before it's fine that you don't get more of it money you just work you can work harder and make more or sell more goods and but get are it. you happy though right but, <laughs> but what i mean is like when it comes to doing this stuff, like my, at least my naive view of it is if I'm building a website, to your point on the Shopify thing, it's digital. So if I make a mistake, I can like delete or erase. It's not, it's not like I'm cutting a piece of wood. I can't, the wood won't go back together. This is a website I can erase, redo, undo. But also then you're kind of wasting time and taking steps that you don't need to take. So by going with like using your program, yeah, do you want to course, spend three weeks building it yeah. or, and not sure if it's done properly yeah. or maybe do, maybe they do spend a day. few days, the weeks, the hours, whatever it is to take, like to study up, understand it better so that I'm more well-versed in it. So when I encounter a problem or I mess up and, or I avoid that mess up of cutting once or cutting, yeah, once and not measuring twice. So it's better to take that time to go through the steps of what you're building, understand it better. And then you avoid the kind of the fumbles and the mishaps and kind of get a better product to market and in a better timeline. Yeah. And there's like, there's a bunch of other people doing it, but you just, as a business person and entrepreneur, you just have to like push through it. And like 90% of the ideas out there, everyone's already been doing. It's just, how do you stuff it down people's faces? How do yeah. you get it in people's faces? How yeah. do you find the niche people? Like you just got to keep grinding and figure it out and just research your competitors, like see how they're doing it and try to do it better. Well, the best part is that you have a great example. You've done this before numerous times. Thank you, Toronto, all the nightlife venues that you've built their social media, built some of their websites. And a lot of the time, the problem is, this is a little bit of a weird story, but when I was in um, university, my fourth year, I took a course on social media. And it's a university course, and the TA is teaching me about Twitter. And you know, one of the courses, one of the TA lectures was Twitter. And I'm like, okay, great. So he's teaching me about Twitter, and I'm like, man, you got like 200 followers, and you're teaching me about how to use it properly? I'm like, not for nothing. I don't. I think I should be teaching you. I had like two thousand followers. I'm like, what are you teaching me? Where it's something like this, where it's okay. I I built. Thank you, Toronto. You know, you want to you want to know funny because that's very subjective now. Like you could have someone with two hundred thousand followers, but that doesn't know. Yeah, but they don't know how to sell a product through it. Like, yeah, true, no, no. True. But for for what you're doing now, it's like teaching someone social media management or building Shopify. It's like there's no better example in the city of Toronto. I think thank you, Toronto. That brand, it's 
it was and still is massive. It's still very relevant. More, like, yeah. more recognizable. So, you know, like that, that, I guess. I still get logo, asked, like, yeah. hey, do you have stuff available? Do you, wait, like, do you have stuff available? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I would love one of those hats to be but Yeah, it's like, it's crazy because I'm the type of buyer that I want to see someone do it. Like, personal trainers, like, I don't care how amazing, how much education this personal trainer has. If you're not jacked, I'm not going to hire you. Correct. Or is it, let's say, a dentist if you don't have nice teeth i don't care how good how skilled you are how many years of education you have if you don't have good teeth i'm not gonna you're not my dentist end of story where it's maybe it's other people are different right that's well, the same about, success with promoters nightclub owners like yeah. anyone working like oh those parties are always good like yeah. <laughs> yeah. you always they scare me you yeah. become like a household name yeah but it's like this is the best example because again you're taking a product or a, a problem that you found finding one of your strengths and you're past examples and again thank you toronto or even the nightclub stuff and solving that using examples using an online platform so i think it's just awesome then the fact that you're doing it makes so much sense like when you told me about it, i was like yeah man that makes perfect sense like great idea thanks i should have thought let's hear it no nah, i was gonna say like i'm just trying to I'm just like because i do agree with that sentiment of like like in your case and in most cases like doing something i think gives you the credibility like you you actually are teaching something that you did and build a brand but i want to jump back to the point of like because i know you just want to you use this one a lot the, the, the oh. train personal trainer example yeah. so you'd saying that if you saw somebody at the gym as a personal trainer like one guy he was like super ripped and you wanted to get that was your intention to get jacked or you had another guy who had you know he looked athletic and he had a master's in in, in human uh, whatever. I don't know what the hell you would take human biology and, yeah. and a postgrad and masters all that stuff. And he knew the human body inside and out better. But he wasn't jacked. But he was he was in okay shape. He wasn't no, like I'm going with the jacked guy. Really, ten times out of ten. Because if, Why he, is that? if he knew how to do it, he would do it. But what if he doesn't want to do it? Then does he does he not yeah. know how to do it? Then I could does see. No, no. But you know what I mean. Do, like, do do you know he knows how to do it? Okay, so let me ask. I you. can get a so master. Why him. can't he apply so himself? We walk, so we another saying. example. If we walked into a, if we if me and you were standing in a gym in a boxing gym, and someone said you can be your trainer or I can be the trainer, based on appearance, who do you think they're gonna pick? You probably. I mean, this is not me trying to pump myself yeah, up. No, but, but the, I'm saying that's it, it's hard different. to tell, you're, right? You're not asking us to do the activity. What if that guy, the trainer, what if he's a triathlon? What if he, what if he's triathlons? What if he what if he's a runner? What if he does wrestling? Like it doesn't matter. I'm not trying to look like him. I'm trying to look like the jacked guy. Right. So if they saw me and you box and then say, okay, who would you rather have coach you? That's a different story. But when I work out, I work out for some physical appearance. Have, yeah, and some that's people it. are born better. Some of the best UFC fighters are not. Yeah, they're yeah. not jacked. Yeah. But I'm not talking about the process of working out. I'm talking about physical appearance and goal. What if that, but okay. And I just want to keep, I, I actually like this this topic because like, what if, okay, so what if that guy, like, like he knows how to do. So in the gym, you know how to get yourself, like you're in great yeah, shape. Yeah. You know how to get yourself. No, no, you know how to get yourself in shape. But would you have the patience to sit and like train me and coach me and teach me the same ways you've done over the years? I would 100%. If like, if you're, you, my boy, like you said, no, no, but if I was I like, if, be, if I wanted to like, if I was getting paid, yeah, of course I would. Okay. Cause I like, I don't know. I just, I'm thinking For about me, it. I've, I've always said this. Cause like, what if that person is a better motivator, better trainer, understands the body better, understands your body, your physiological body better. That guy was born with better genetics and just got jacked. So time out. Can he understand my body better if he can't even understand his own body to do it? But what if he, what if his goal is not to get jacked, but to help people get jacked? How's he supposed to help people get jacked if he can't get jacked himself? Practice what you preach. I'm a big believer on practice what you preach. If you so, okay, so then okay, I don't know. That that'll be an insensitive. I topic. guess that's now we're sorry. Now we're gonna rabbit hole. I actually want to keep this trainers. Right sorry, very you know, we're deviating from this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like for me, I just I, like if you're looking at Jack, you're gonna go look for the Jack trainer. Yeah, hundred percent. That, that's I what know. I believe. hundred percent. 
Because uh, like a dentist with bad teeth, like okay, if that's you're looking one thing. for this, if you're looking to get toned and skinny, you're gonna go maybe look for the toned and skinnier trainer. Yeah, if you're if you're trying to be a good fighter, okay, you know what's a better go, no, you watch, know a better watch the guy who trained with fighter. someone better than you. I actually figured. I, I think I figured this out. This could be a bad argument, but I think it's not. You don't look at the people what he, the results he has. You look at the results he, all his clients has. Yeah, if you can, yeah. right? But then again, right? But you would you would say okay, yeah. I would like see. I would sooner go to that guy and say, show me all your clients before and after pictures, and show me their pictures. Because again, yeah. at the end of the day, it's like it's not just what you can do; it's how you can motivate people, how you can teach them, how you adapt. Because everybody's different. That's yeah. just one example. Again, we're off kind know, of off I, topic I, here, but, I agree. but yeah, well, I just, you I've like always you've always used that argument. And I agree with you it, think but about now like I'm some like, hockey coaches. There's some hockey coaches that were never great hockey players at all, but they know the game, they know the strategy, and I think that's a little bit of a different perspective. Because that's a team. There's more strategy behind it. But being a dentist, for example, again, because you're not working on your own teeth. But if you don't have the appreciation for it, how can you do your 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 uh, your art? Because I guess cleaning teeth or doing uh, not cleaning teeth, sorry, like cavities, root canals, all these things that dentists do, it's an art. It is very like there's a science behind it, and you yeah. to be good, you have to be very skilled. If the person doesn't appreciate his own, how am I expect him to appreciate mine and take the time out of mine if he doesn't take care of his own, right? So do you, does that mean that when it comes to your doctor, do you do you judge your doctor based on what they put into their body and what they eat? A hundred percent, I do. So you know what your doctor eats? I know my my doctor is like sixty five and fit. Okay, I'm Fair, not saying I'm, asking, I'm not, not trying to be an asshole. asshole. I'm actually, but curious. no, I wouldn't. If my doctor was obese, <laughs> if my doctor was obese, a little rabbit hole I here. would not go to my doctor if he was obese. And I'm not saying being obese is bad by any means. Like that's not what I'm saying. It's just if most, you're a doctor, you care about health. You should, you yeah, should care about the health doctor, of your body again because. Being obese is technically normally related to being unhealthy. Not all the times. Again, anybody listening, it's not what I'm saying. But yeah, he's normally, not, he's not normally, my dad, he's a little bit of a bigger guy. Not a little bit. He's a bigger guy. When he goes to do the doctor, the first thing he tells him is, Frank, you got to lose weight. I've been telling you this for 10 years. You got to lose weight. You got to lose weight. You got to lose weight. He had a heart attack at a relatively young age. And the first thing the doctor says, well, he told you to lose weight, right? So, yeah, fair. Again, th these aren't great examples. No, but no, but I know what you mean. Sorry. The, I the, the, the point we were kind of proving yeah. is that Neil's got sorry. Yeah, we're not trying to discredit Neil okay. because at the end of the day, no, I was just to the to the the reason I brought the fitness one up is because I know we always use that example, and I firmly believe the fraud. But then I just started thinking on the spot here, like maybe it's not the case. But sorry, to your point, um, what I wanted to actually bring up is the fact that like. I mean, I think it's amazing. You've actually, you know, you started. There's a resume to back it up. Yeah. yeah. You, not only that, like you started as a bus, like not, like, not that that's like what defined you, but you came into the job with no, like no background. I think started as a bus boy and it built over time. You took on the flyers. You took on the, the social media. Then you, then you started your own brand, your own company. You co-branded. You started working with other guys. Like, excuse me, you have the, the resume to back it up. The quote unquote clout as people say, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. You've actually done it with the time and whereas. Sometimes it feels like also people are doing it just to like, you know, how can I make a buck? What can I teach? But like, do you have, to your point over the trainer, do you have the resume to back it up? And and honestly, kudos to you and good for you putting all that time and all those years in because you obviously have it to back it up. And and uh, thank you. People, no, I'm serious, man. And people, like, you built a great brand. Like, that's building a brand is hard. It's so hard. Very hard. It's so rewarding that the fact that people still ask me about it. Like, that's the hardest thing. I, like, oh, I'm yeah. sure there's people that probably just think, oh, you got lucky. It had a great name. And that's it. It's like, no. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's not true. just luck. Like, Okay, I'm sure there's times where you woke up and it was like on breakfast television and you didn't maybe like force it down their throat and you just got picked up. But there's time, sweat, tears, so much behind it, right? And getting to the point before, but anybody can say they know how to build a brand. Theoretically, I can tell you how to build a brand. Theoretically, yeah, I can. Can you I, execute it? Yeah, though? can yeah. you execute it? Are you able to That's do it? That's my favorite quote is right? ideas are cheap, 
like execution is the hard. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Ex- everything in theory, ideas are cheap. Execution yeah. is like, everything. Yeah, anything you can be taught, you can read on theoretically how to do basically anything. Yeah, but to be able to go out and do it is a completely separate topic. And the, me and you will going out to do it is like yeah, yeah, yeah. the hardest fucking thing. Like, yeah. I agree with you. I hundred percent agree with. But once you do you. it, like it's the most rewarding thing. Yeah. Well, exactly. And if I'm gonna hire, because again, like you said, there's a lot of people that are doing exactly what you're doing. If I'm gonna hire. Neil Long versus Joe Smith, I'm going to say, okay, you know what? What have they done? Mm-hmm. You know, okay, you want, you're going to teach me about social media management. Well, let's see some of the things you've done. Okay, you're going to pull up all the nightclub venues. You're going to pull up, thank you, Toronto, all this, that. And you're going to say, okay, Joe Smith, what have you done? Well, I ran Krabby Joe's Burger Shack in downtown Mississauga. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, well, I'm looking at it. It doesn't look that the, online, their presence doesn't look that good. I don't good. see lineups outside. Yeah, it's I know like, the brand doesn't look when, great. When like, we talked to Ernesto too, and Ernesto's one of our buddies. We talked a lot about online yeah, presence. We, and th- it was the same thing. He goes, look, when people ask me, they're going to say, when he interviews people, it's like, hey, let me see your, your Instagram. Let me see your online presence. And it's true. People want to see results before they kind of give you money. Right? It's easy to say, yeah, I'm going to support you. I'm going to do this. I'm going to buy the program, blah, blah, blah. But when it's time to give people money, it's a completely different story. So... Yeah. You know what I think is great too? Actually on that kind of on that that same vein. That's what's cool today too, because like you can I mean, people still can kind of fake it, like in the sense of like someone can come to me with a hundred thousand followers, say I'm a marketer, I have a business say, oh look, I have a hundred thousand followers, I can I can sell your marketing. You can kind of you can still buy followers, you can do all that stuff. But I think to, in today's day and age, you can't BS your way through it as much, especially when it comes to building no. a brand and marketing. Like the world's becoming more naturally, more transparent. You can kind of see, to your point, like Rick's point, you can see your followers, you can see the, the interactions, you can see all this stuff. So I think people are getting more aware of it. They want to align themselves, whether it's a brand, a company, a person building their own brand, want to align themselves with people like like you who have done it and, and you can come out and say, look, look, you know, maybe I don't have um 10 million followers like whoever this influences, but this is the success, I, the success I have. I've hit these milestones. I've done these things. I started from the ground up. I've built brands. I've built companies. I've built parties. I've done events. And I think that goes a long way. And and I'm sure like you're starting out now. It's going to be like with like, anything, you know, this like road bumps to the beginning. But the fact that you have that behind you, it should give people the, more of that confidence. And I'm sure it will to say, you know what? Like this guy knows what he's talking about. He's not just writing us a, a you know, hundred page uh, online course yeah. just to make some money during the lockdown like he actually has knowledge to share and wealth a wealth of knowledge to share one uh, thing you can really never cool. do is like think about the money like for sure and then just like what you were pointing out is like, just diversify everything like what happens if instagram goes down and you have like your only network is instagram like can you still operate your business which interesting. i've seen like people get hacked all the time like and what <laughs> can you that's why email marketing is still like number one conversion marketing really yeah so like always save your email list that's why all these like landing i'm studying landing pages right now but uh just storing everyone's email because like that's the one thing you there you go <laughs> that is well, we'll tell you after we're working on a project that's actually very what if instagram goes down for you guys or spotify breaks or youtube breaks or something like yeah 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 you never know as much as they're reliable like it could all go away one day. Or what yeah. if it's just not cool one day? Correct. Like Instagram makes Can you still hit everyone up a different yeah. way? Yeah. Yeah. It's like that's interesting. That's man. a huge. I never thought about that. Is that so? And is that something that you've concluded? That's, some, like, that's my next yeah, program I, I'm writing, and uh, but like it's one thing that I'm teaching myself too is just diversify everything. That's why like I'm learning Google Ads. I never would have thought about that in, in like. And it's like something that we always did at the clubs too, like phone numbers, emails. Remember when people used to run around when iPads first came out and like, hey, get your email. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always but, thought that was well, even like some sorry. random tobacco company trying to get my email. Well, even with Mr. That's Wolf, like before it, it used to be like, you know, you would either go on like the Instagram, I think for like, you know, back in the lost, uh, 
for like early losses. It'd be like Instagram or like an email or something. I know like Mr. Wolf, um, thing at the front, like she, like she was in text, like, are you here? Guess this. And it was really quick. See, that made it, let, took away the friction, made it easier. I could just like send a text, I'm here, or like, how many are you with? So I guess to your point, I think like, that's, that's because very... you started getting to know everyone. And... Well, no, I <laughs> is that why? I thought it was actually like how Yo, it was Okay, maybe <laughs> not, guys. Sorry, I guess I'm, I got privileged. No, no you grew up in it so that you respect like, hey, I got to give a few days notice. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, yeah. but but anyways, I thought it was just because they moved more towards like a more direct messaging version than, than But now like I've like, learned like, how to use those emails to like retarget. Yeah, yeah. Uploading the customer. I never list. thought about that, like diversifying kind of your network in that sense. I guess because again, I'm not in the marketing space, but that makes a lot of sense. Like, it's same as putting all your eggs in one basket in real estate or stocks or whatever. Like that, put, diversifying your network and your kind of like your channels. I think that's huge. And yeah, that's, like that's post really it cool. To Twitter, post it to YouTube, post it to Snapchat, post it to TikTok. Like. So I guess would some advice be to people like you know, kind of like a little sneak peek at what you're what you're offering? He's like. As you grow, like, don't just grow your Instagram. Like, grow other channels. Use that to leverage another network. Yeah, yeah. So, like, maybe you're posting exclusive contests or something to build your Facebook page. Like, oh, check out my Facebook page for it. Yeah. Or your TikTok or Twitter and then start leveraging because, like, imagine now you're retargeting for free. So, like, now you have a sale or something. Yeah. Post it on your Instagram. Post it on your Twitter. Post it. Like, now they're seeing it everywhere. Yeah. And that's, like, Linktree now, right? right? Linktree's huge because of yeah that, i right? use linktree yeah i got I so many people on linktree <laughs> I, I love it too. linktree so linktree i think but basically it's you know you post stuff on like oh check my bio yeah link in bio you need, like, I, I know you, about that none of us have swipe up yet because we're not rick, 10, rick does he's a big got, shot got, oh really one of his on one of his 12 Instagram <laughs> accounts <laughs> yeah ricky has no i'm not gonna check we can can post it. rick's got like seven instagram accounts yeah, that so I do I. Well, I have like my mm-hmm. personal one, then I have like my. He's like, got your pal, one. your pal Rick, yeah, which is like my travel. Are you the one, one sending me weird DMs? <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> no, I'm kidding. Then I have He's got big reviews guy, big reviews guy, great Ricky name. reviews. Have you posted no, there at all? It's big reviews is the Ricky reviews because I had a review. I was a, I'm a Google reviewer. So I made a website for all my Google reviews. Are you a like, Facebook top fan? I love when you call yourself like it's a job that I'm a Google reviewer. I know you are, but any um, anyone who's written a Google review is a Google. Yeah, reviewer. but they're not legit. That's like saying I'm a hockey player and you you play men's. Yeah, Ricky did get me on Google reviews. I'm actually, a big, that's like, actually I, we're on this topic. Actually, that's one thing that Rick kind of got me on is like writing Google reviews, and I didn't realize like, yeah, it's addictive. They are. So, anyways, I got my big reviews account. Then I I have Fat Pit. It's my it's my George parody account. <laughs> I got Davey Darts as my Do DB. not follow Fat Pit. Yeah, it's my, it's my this. DB parody account. Then I have like my metric one, like my like. Should we run some sponsored ads for that? Oh yeah. Just for, don't worry about this. For thing. sure. We'll, we'll get, we'll get to, <laughs> I got some good content coming up. Ooh. We don't want sponsored ads? Not for Fat Pit, we don't. <laughs> Buddy sponsored. Tag me. Tag your sponsor. Um, what were we just saying? I had a good point I wanted about to About metric, about another no, Instagram. It wasn't about that, but Linktree. Having all your platforms on one link. And so easy because if there's, let's say, a celebrity that just comes on to Instagram, let's say Jennifer Aniston six months ago, she just comes on to Instagram, she's late to the party. If she had a link tree on that day when she got, I think she was one of the fastest to a million followers in Instagram history. If she had her link tree on it, it's like, boom, you know, those a million, you're probably going to get 100,000 on Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, blah, blah, blah. And she's losing out on that extra engagement that extra network right and you don't yeah right it's just you brought it up and i was saying you can use linktree for like so you could post like six different podcasts on there that's what we used to do and then like maybe you have one to apply to be on podcast yeah i have one that says chat with me and it's like it sends them to my website instead of dming like it sends it to my website and more engagement on your website for sure we we had linktree for the podcast and I, i had every single episode on and i have it apple and spotify so each episode was two links and then i took it away just because I found that I was getting a lot of people to Linktree 
and I wasn't getting a lot to the actual downloads. So it's that extra one click Friction. that I was losing. And I'm like, that's why landing pages are so popular. Well, yeah, that's why I started doing bit.ly too. Right. So I would know exactly how many people what's bit.ly. It's a, it's a shortened links. Oh, okay. So you notice how our links are like eight, www.apl oh, open dot Spotify. But like you whatever. can put like bit bit dot loi slash, and then you could put a custom name. Yeah. So you oh. can make it real simple. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I was, I do custom cause I want to see exactly how many people are clicking based on, you know, we have Neil Wong on this episode. We had like, for example, one of our most popular episodes was, it was Becca and she literally, she hated the episode. Yeah. And it was, that episode is probably still like top five for us. And it was like our, in the first month we did it. <laughs> And we, she I, hated it. She so hated it. Why? That's like, like, that she's was, like, she, I hate this. I sound she, so yeah, stupid. Like, I want you to take it down. Like, everyone sound, hates the way their voice sounds. Yeah. And I do, sure. I do too. Still even <laughs> 30 episodes too. in. And I, I, just, I actually don't mind. I'm used to hearing yeah. mine so much. Now. I was just thinking, I'm like, <laughs> how did hers do so well? And I didn't have the, the knowledge that I have about like podcast analytics now. So it's tough to say, but we've had other guests and I'm like, okay, well, why didn't she do as well as Becca did? Or why didn't he do as well? Like, do you think it's a topic? I don't know. Maybe it was the first female guest we had. I, I don't know. She's pretty girl too, so that attracts. But more, she was like real. We couldn't see her. Well, on the on the I, on the post we did on Instagram, people could see her. So maybe that. Maybe is. most a lot, we had a lot of guy lists. Oh, I guess it's almost 50, 50 But I think she covered it. It was like influencers, per, personal and, trainer, and then we talked about yeah, like. But she was like got real deep and real passionate. Yeah, actually, <laughs> that was. And I think good. that's yeah, what she, such shut up, Bex, man. Yeah. Resonates with people. Way to go, Bex. Bex probably won't even listen this far into the episode. Man. No, Damn, no, Bex, how you gonna do us like that? Um. To jump back to into like into doing this, do you want like can you give so the two that you've created now for the social media marketing and then I want to do like twenty. <laughs> so okay, I was really say, what, find yeah. niche market. Where do you where see Neil Wong Creative going? I was gonna say it could be like obviously my I want to keep my bread and buttered boot camps and stuff like that, but obviously I want to pick a few ones where like I want I want to do more. It shut off. The screen. Oh. Obviously, I want to pick. Uh, my bread and butter will obviously, hopefully, be selling the boot camps yep. because it's as a bit. It's I don't have to. I can sell it while I sleep. Yeah. But then, obviously, I want to do free ones for people and just yeah. see, like, help them see the journey. And then, like, once I get a few clients and like get like a couple hundred thousand orders of yeah. the, take them to the next level. Then start doing ads with them. Then start doing retargeting ads, and then see where it goes. So like, kind of grow up. Like, how you we can did. even kind of bring on like a consultant type thing, or a business say, you know, like, oh, we like what you do. Can you can you come on and Correct. do this project for us? Yeah, like almost like Gary V, but not. Yeah, but just do me. Yeah, and uh, Neil Long grow <laughs> grow with them too. Yeah, yeah. So like how we did all ages, and then you now you got to do nineteen plus. Yeah. Now yeah. eventually we're maybe if I'm still in, I'm doing some more mature stuff. <laughs> well, heck yeah. Thirty plus, uh, forty plus. <laughs> I would say me and Adrian Simon are gonna come back out of retirement to do Crown eleven. Year. Adrian's it's never gonna retire. Simon Media ten year. <laughs> Can we do bang. Crown Party? We, we were supposed to. We were gonna do. We a did re- talk about yeah, it. Yeah, we Shut talked up. about it last year. We were gonna because it was ten years. Wow. We skip the ten year. Well, we just, we literally got too busy and just like, oh, yes, too never big, did too it. Big shots Mind you, my birthday every year is always like a one week party. Yeah. Crown entertainment party. Um, I, just one thing, what, what I was getting at before, uh, this guy cut me off. Uh, no, I was going to ask of the two that you've created, another two boot camps. Like, I know you touched on it a bit, but like, is there one, do you want to give like a sneak, like a little, little, what's a, uh, a teaser, like a little, no, a little teaser for like the, for like the fans listening. Like what is, what is something that they can gain that like differentiates it from another one or like what makes you different or better at this than other people doing it? Like, give them, I think other than it? being a simple and easy and like anyone can accept it is that it teaches you the mentality of like how to build and create something and like how to do it proper. Like 
aside from doing it properly, like I'm going to keep updating and changing it. Okay. Like obviously the platforms are going to change and obviously anyone that buys it is going to keep getting the update. But uh it's just core what I think is right and what has worked for me and just see where it goes. Yeah. That's great. And I think the fact that you like even like saying that that you're going to like it's going to update with it, you're going to move with it, change the times and adapt. That's one thing that's that, that's great or adapt or die. <laughs> and that's the thing you have to. So many people like again, if Actually, you even made a point before that kind of ties us in together too. Like a lot of people when they, not a lot, that's a fun for assumption, but doing it just for the money or something like that and creating something just to make money or just doing one thing, releasing it, hoping it makes a lot of money and not putting more time and investing later to keep it relevant you have to like, is wrong, right? You have to be, if you care about it and you truly believe in it, yeah. it's your baby. It's not like you have a kid and you say, oh, he's two now. Oh, good. He's fine. I'm going on his own. You're teaching that kid always. This project that you have, this company is like, is a baby of yours. Yeah, right? yeah. You have to adapt. It's got to grow. You got to teach it. Maybe new doesn't sell anything for a month like maybe your kid doesn't get good grades but like you just got to keep pushing through like trust the process yeah but i think like a lot of people reinvest in the process correct yeah are like afraid of the process (laughs) like afraid of letdowns and afraid of like i I did a blog post on like how to handle bad feedback and stuff like that yeah because i hate being told what to do and like if someone tells me something's wrong like i hate hearing it but like I've, i've learned to accept it and like you grow from it like that's how you learn what your benchmark is what to improve from yeah yeah so what that's you, great i think it's great advice yeah. what would you say your or who sorry who would you say is your target audience for these my target audience is anyone kind of dabbling in or starting off but like doesn't want to obviously go to school there isn't there's a lot of boot camp schools like uh brain station and stuff like that but uh anyone that's just starting off that doesn't know a lot but wants to like or even turn, people that are like in really who just too, wants right? to turn an idea into actually something yeah like actually execute that even idea. if it's a side hustle whatever yeah. like there's someone that like i don't know where to start i want to sell like, ring lights no one online this generation can work one job or like yeah and not even just for money like it's it's exciting to work on more than one thing in life now for sure like it it puts you peace of mind from this thing to this thing whether yeah. this thing's amazing it's going to give you headaches oh maybe i'll go work on something else for now and then back and forth yeah well i think a lot of people have learned that especially with covid that you shouldn't have only one source of income, right? Oh, whether you're sure. investing on the side or whether you're working part-time on the side, having two sources of income definitely helps you, especially during times like this. Hopefully we don't have And don't be embarrassed like of like whatever side incomes you're making. Like that's a big thing is- You can sell, fuck, sell cups, sell so pens, sell we, ring lights, start this, a brand, do whatever. Like We said this last week some, or a couple I'm weeks ago. I'm sorry, I was going to make a point. But yeah. My brother started a, a small side hustle where he's selling ring holders. And I'm like, John, why don't you like post it all over like Instagram things? Send me the link. I'll post it. He goes, well, it's an Amazon thing. And he's like, he's studied on it. Like Amazon keywords, Amazon ads. And like, he's got really good at it. He sold like what, 600 out of his a thousand in a few months. So it's, he's got a good little business going off this one product. And he spent the time, you know, a full weekend reading up on it, studying, watching videos and yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, John, like not for nothing. What about social media? You don't do anything. He's like, yeah, but it's not that kind of product. I'm like, he's like, and it's like, I'm not selling anything cool. I'm like, you're selling something you built. Doesn't matter. What is cool? Like, how, how do you define what's cool? Cool subjective, I, man. I, if I built something, I think it's the effing coolest thing in the world because I built it. Yeah. 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 fucking proud and of it. It's true. Like, <laughs> anything, anything I build, like, or I do, I'm like, I'm normally proud of it. Or else I won't show people until I refix it and. So I make it proud. And John is so, like, personally, between me and him, he talks to me. He's like, yeah, I love it. I'm like, John, it's great. You should like, be proud. Lean into it. Yeah. So, John, when you listen to this, get on social media. Hit up Neil. We're going to launch numerous more, or not we, you are going to launch numerous products and everything. And, like, he doesn't sell, he doesn't have a personal website. He does everything through Amazon. But, again, it's still awesome. And 
John, when you listen to this, hire be- someone to do the yeah. other part. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Guess see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Because he's well, eventually he's going to have more colors, more variations of the same product, and he's going to. I think his plan is to build to build a, a brand with this kind of side hustle. And it's like John, man, like start now. You got one product. He's like, what would I post on Instagram? You post a different thing every single day, just different rings. Some are professional shots. Some start are just- selling it from a website that yeah. he owns. Like, yeah, you can make. I just to kind of just care on that point. You can make honestly anything cool and cool subjective. There's like, I there's mean, people that sold rocks. Dude, my, my dad always says like, we, we work in the cleaning business. My dad says, when, I remember he used to say this in sales meetings and I used to think it was like, at first I was like, wow, this is sick. Then I realized I'm like, I know he doesn't. But like he says, I clean toilets for a living and like, I'm proud of it. It's given me every opportunity to have. Like we're, our, Put we, food on we the have a company table. of janitors. <laughs> but even to that point, when we started, when we started at Impact, my brother and I, like the office was really old. Our brand looked old. Everything. So I was like, man, I don't think this is cool. Like this doesn't. I don't. This doesn't feel good. I was like, let's make this cool. Like I, I literally, my brother and I like, were like, let's make this cool. Let's make it somewhere where we would want to work and our friends would want to work. Because like even though we want to work there, it's our family business. We're, we're passionate about what we do. We're like, it doesn't look exciting. It doesn't ex- it like make me want to come to work every day and get super pumped about it. Fast forward now, it's been almost like eight, ten years. Like the way people say to us, like not just me, like my siblings that work there, they talked about our, our team, everyone. They're like, you guys, like I've never heard people sound excited about cleaning because everything we've done, like we were, you know, our offices look more like a tech, like a tech office, like a more open working spaces, more communal. We have like company outings. Our brand looks better. Our story, our narrative, all of that. Like we really leaned into it. And I truly think that like, I'm like, wow, I think cleaning is cool. And I actually like, I've always liked it, but like we built a brand around the story we wanted, what we believed in, and we're proud of it. Like it doesn't matter what you do in life. Correct. People will buy more from you if you're proud of what you do and you exude that confidence and that that passion than if your thing looks cool and you and you don't believe in it. I mean, you could sell the coolest word, thing yeah. in the world, but if you don't believe it, like it doesn't matter. You could sell the worst. And now, thing. now you're proud of the journey from like when you were younger. Oh yeah, <laughs> like that's the amazing. And I thing. feel like I like I feel like it's our brand now. It's not like I work for like my family business. I feel like I work for like our business because we had us we have to like lean again lean into it build something or revamp something if you will and build a story around it and people one thing i do know about marketing is people love a good narrative and they love a good they, brand right i just actually gary v just posted something about documenting the journey or something or huge something like get the- we just talked about this the other day too oh yeah we did we did um anyways that's my little my little rant too right i think that people as you get older i think you realize that too i know we talked about this before we got on this podcast about the difference in generation the time like I mean, when you started, you picked up an ad off Kijiji to be a busboy. I mean, I don't think that's, you know, you were like, oh, this is cool. I'm going to do I didn't even this. know, like now people, now there's like 30 different sites to find a job. Yeah. <laughs> and you lean into that and that became like, again, what you're doing now, like you think it's cool, right? Like you like what you do. But when you started back then, you probably didn't think at first it was going to be cool. And it slowly you started to see it and lean into it and like gain the knowledge and all that stuff. And you built your story and your journey and your narrative, if you will. And I think people should have to realize too, as you grow, it doesn't matter what you do. Again, just lean in. If you like it and you're passionate about it, you can make anything cool. And you can literally make anything cool. Um, it's true. That's kind of my, that's my little, my little rant true. there. No, you said, I think the key word is passion. If you're passionate about what you do, it resonates with people. Everyone. People will be attracted to it. You can solve that. any problem. You can yeah, do anything. Like, yeah. If you're truly passionate and you believe in what you are doing, that's, uh, again, like to George's point, like cleaning. Cleaning is not, Hey, watch yourself. No, but like <laughs> no, typically, you you're mean. not saying like, I don't want to grow up to be a janitor one day, yeah. right? But at the same time, if you're passionate what you do, you can evolve and, and change and yeah. do things. Same with you. I don't think people say, oh, I'm going to be a busboy later on in my life. Like, 
I or, know where or I'm going to grow up to write my own boot. Like no one's. I, I don't think a lot of people say I'm going to grow up to write my own boot camps about SEO, SEO marketing, or, yeah. or whatever. About yeah. No, social media. Yeah. yeah, it grows. You went to be a busboy, then you saw. Okay, you know what? I can do this. Like social media marketing. Nobody's doing it right now. Let me do it for the nightclubs. Boom, for the nightclubs, and you know how to build a brand. Let's say from that to thank color you. theories, yeah. like everything. Yeah. Exactly. It just keeps on so evolving, cool. evolving, <laughs> evolving to the point where now you're considered an expert in this space, and you're teaching people, helping people exactly like you are. Other people that maybe ten years ago, eight years ago, that don't know how to do this. So, what's yeah? Like, like, let me ask you because this is you know as we're kind of nearing the end. Like, we always mm-hmm. ask a couple questions about the past. It's cr- Sorry, it's crazy. It's been would you? Minutes, eh? I know. Would you have told yourself when you started in this space, even not when like not the like before, not wrestling, not being a busboy, like when you started to actually dabble a bit in marketing, would you have honestly thought? Then to now, would you have thought, you know what, it's cool. I want to be someone who creates boot camps. Like, did you think it back then? Never thought of it. And I, do you? And I do, wanted to be an architect or start an auto body yeah. shop or something. Like, I don't even remember what I was thinking. Then. And what about now? Like, I now think I do. even dabbled into like looking in the military. Like, I really, yeah, because I've always loved. I, I remember you reading this. Yeah, loving military t- like TV shows and movies. Yeah, okay, okay. And uh, I even think I looked at it applying once, but it was all full. Okay, and, okay. Uh, Think about that. Imagine if it wasn't full. Yeah, you'd be in the army right now. Yeah, but then, but then to that point though, what about now? Do you think like what you never do now? thought? But no, do you think now what you do is cool? I yeah yeah exactly right <laughs> like but like it was a journey and a process and you got anything there. anything you're like like you said anything you're passionate about is cool exactly and like you can't worry that it's not cool for everyone else like, exactly who cares what other people think right correct like yeah you can never care what people think this camera's gonna die soon by the way well we're all i mean we're yeah, all yeah, gonna like neil i just one thing i mean we have a couple things that we yeah. asked but i do want to say like that's what we we said this we're cool a lot in the last little bit but honestly that's what's cool and like really impressed and like proud that you did all this and like you know you grinded the last few months. I saw, I would see like the Instagram updates. Never like, went out. <laughs> yeah, like you, you stopped drinking no, for No secret parties on King Street. You stopped drinking for 100 days. Stopped drinking for 100 <laughs> days. You went, like took some courses. You're doing more courses. You built two boot camps. Like that's very impressive. I actually man. never thought I'd finish. Like you always, you always think about throwing in the towel. Yeah. Like going back to work. Exactly. Finding a dead end job. And, and like, honestly, man. I'd rather kudos. make nothing and like do something I love. Then like, and then maybe it works out. Maybe yeah. it doesn't. But like, and at least that way, you know, you tried. Yeah, and gave and it a chance. And don't regret. Yeah, like what? Think what if? What if that could have been the idea that took off? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And just to echo what he said, I've been preaching this all COVID. The people that are doing stuff in these moments, building. And, yeah, building. Maybe it's even creating new relationships. Maybe it's self development. Maybe it's furthering their education online. The people that are doing stuff during these times and are coming out of COVID better because COVID is probably going to be one of the worst things to ever happen in our lifetimes. Like I don't see touch wood to be honest. You know who knows, what I mean? Man. Honestly, like you think some of the worst things were, you know, 9-11 and some of these other major catastrophic events. This is, in my opinion, the worst and hopefully there is nothing worse than this. So if you're one of those people that are coming out of this in a better shape mentally, physically, anything, anything, just if you're evolving and you're growing during this time, you're going to be so proud of yourself once this comes out. Even if you lost your job or your, your job was put on hold, you come out of this, the first question you get asked in an interview is going to be, oh, what'd you do the last four months during COVID? And you say, well, you know what? I built a side business. It didn't make much money, but I built it. I learned X, Y, and Z. I also took two courses online to further my experience on blah, 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 blah. I took Neil Wong creative course on uh, on um, building a Shopify site. I, I reconnected own- with old friends. Yeah, I re- like, exactly. Yeah, that's huge. 
these little things that they all compound, they're going to make you such a better person that when you're in that interview to, for that new position, they're going to say, wow, this candidate is a go-getter. He just wants, to, or he or she, sorry, wants to do things, wants yeah. to be better. And that's the type of person that you want to be around. So yeah, just to echo what he said, kudos Nailed to you, it. man. That's unbelievable. It's funny because yeah. you, you learn about, you start hiring. You said something about hiring like more on what they were yeah. doing. It's funny because like, now I'm starting to read more like cover letters than resumes now and like seeing what their narrative is rather yeah. than like their story. Yeah. 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 So that's a huge thing. hundred percent. And before like people skip the cover page <laughs> or cover letter. Yeah. People yeah. don't even write them anymore. I don't want to think now they're, you're opening email to like sending a job application and it's like huge now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I honestly, I'm pretty sure I don't, like, I don't remember the last time I read it in a resume. Like to me, a resume doesn't define, I mean, it does show you a little bit of the past. Right. But like, I don't know. I I am a sucker for a good narrative. When it comes to that, I'm like, I love a good. I think like, you can oh. land any job if you actually like put that narrative in there. Or yeah, write that. Yeah. I, I think and it, just I think actually resume, and write it from you. Yeah, not yeah. some from cookie the heart. Cutter, like, yeah, I really like, believe it. Like it should sound like it's coming from you, not like some scripted, like fake. Uh, it should sound authentic. Yeah. yeah, I think a resume gets you in the door, and then it's your your story and you as a person that gets yeah. you the job, right? But I like uh, that. I like that. I do. And kind of to wrap up our last couple of questions, Neil, if there's a movie about your life. Tomorrow. Tomorrow, who would you want to star as you? It could be any actor. It could be anybody. Any, yeah. yeah, at anyone. any point in time. Okay, I knew you were gonna ask this question because <laughs> you asked it for someone else. So you came prepared. Is Keanu Reeves? Oh, <laughs> I like it. He's Only sick because he's modest. Like he still takes the subway. subway yeah, like yeah. all that stuff. He donated half his money or whatever. Yeah, bought everyone gifts and. He works fucking hard. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> he like is. Sick. He's Canadian. Has said Keanu Reeves? No, I like Keanu Reeves a lot. That's a good He's one. Dope. Yeah, and I think I, he looks like me, kind of. No. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, but, uh, I can kind of see yeah. the straight black hair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's but, dope. Uh, I like him. He's just so articulate in whatever he does, and like, he wants to learn how to fight for his movies. He learns how to fight. He wants to learn how to shoot for his movies. He learns how to shoot. Yeah. And then like, he's still getting to know. Like, if you watch videos on him, he's still getting to know homeless people on the street or like. Just having actual conversations with everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did it die? Yeah, Damn, right sense. before the last one. That's okay. Okay. Um, last. Oh, hit the record quick. Last one. If you could give one piece of advice to a young Neil, what would you tell him? Uh, I think I went over it already, but uh, trust the process and don't be afraid of it. Uh, I like it. That's. The, I remind myself that every day. Like some days I don't want to do it and then figure it out, but you just got to do it <laughs> yeah i like and that. and then like maybe you don't make a sale maybe you do make a sale like just keep pushing keep pushing keep pushing like everyone don't be afraid of failure yeah I, that's, that's great that's, that's, that's a reoccurring theme in our podcast yeah. too right like again failure doesn't define you i think it's what you do after that does actually yeah 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 sorry i was gonna say it does because then it's at least but yeah you know yeah. like you gotta ignore me like right now like your process is pumping out content like mm -hmm. keep pumping out content like you don't know if it's going to take off. You don't know where it's going to go. No. You just keep pumping out content and see what happens. Yeah. And, <laughs> and that's you what shift said, and you right? pivot and you iterate. No, but that, you that's what we said when we started. We we're going to do one a week and then it kind of took off. Not sorry, not took off, but we, we started getting momentum and we were enjoying it. So we said, we'll do two a week. And then COVID happened. We kind of like, oh man, like, are we even going to like, what do we do? We took maybe a two week hiatus, three week hiatus and boom, we got right back to it. Wasn't the best. It wasn't our ideal situation, but we made the best of a bad situation. And now we're back at it. And mm -hmm. Bigger than ever. We're back, baby. Back on the big screen. And I think that's it. That's it. Yeah. Anything else you want to mention, Paul? Okay. Oh, where uh, 
Where can people find uh, Neil Wong Creative? Where can they find Neil Wong? Self-titled website, neilwong.me. Love it. Love love it. it. Neilwong.me. Where can they find socials? What else can they reach you? At (laughs) neilwong.me. Everything's all. So my big thing in one of my boot camps is like try to keep things streamlined as much as we can. And then how to look for things before actually aren't signing up. But, yeah, uh, yeah. So everything at Neil Wong. Yeah. So like, look at your business card, for example. How sh- how cool does it look if it, everything's you can same. just put icons for everything and then just put one name? This guy's a genius. <laughs> this guy's a marketing genius. Anybody out there needs to make a brand, a narrative, a story? Neil Neil Pal. Honestly, that was great, Neil, man. Like, <laughs> I literally looked at the clock and I was like, Yeah, time flew by. We're at an hour and 22 minutes. I'm like, What? Yeah. I thought we were like 30, 40 minutes in. Yeah, this was great. Neil, Buddy, love it. This is fantastic. We'll we'll put all the uh, or not all the links. We'll put the what what, what the one tag yeah, at the we'll bottom. Post, of this. Yeah, I'll post all the links on the socials. Um, and then uh, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Not signing on. off, pals. Sick. All right, peace. You like to drink and to smoke to take away the pain, and I don't remember all of my mistakes and every I got alone, no one thing. You're not alright. I'm not alright